We're rolling. We are here at the Skyline Network Stadium well at Long Melford. It's fourth we time. Are... Fourth edit that was. Fourth edit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I said some pretty, uh, pretty out there <laughs> things for the, for the stadium. Uh, who have we got today, Louis? We've got the new Long Melford manager. Or not new Long Melford manager. Newish. Long Melford. Newish. Yeah, new season. Season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How's it going? Um, well, I'd like to say so far so good. Um, it hasn't been quite the uh, start we wanted to this season, yeah. um, but I'm still getting by on last season's successes. So, uh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the pressure's on, but it's good kind of pressure at the moment, yeah. and a couple of wins, and, and we're back back to where we need to be. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So you had a introduce yourself to start with, to be honest with you. Okay, so um, I've been here. So Dave Hennessy, Long Melford manager. I've been here. Um, this is the start of my fourth year. Um, I came in as the reserve team manager. Had two pretty successful years um, running the reserves um, and obviously at the end of season before last Jamie Bradbury um, stepped down after five years in charge of the first team and we were asked to take over um, last year by all accounts we had a phenomenal season um, before before a ball was kicked we were written off um, we were going to be relegated by Christmas lowest number of points in the league um, and no one gave us a cat in hell's chance. We were going to get pumped in. So week. why were they writing you off? What because because Jamie left, or um, what was that? So I mean, J- Jamie had left, but I think a lot of the players, so taking the playing staff, say you've got sixteen players, six key first team players decided to step down. They wanted to stop playing football. They'd kind of that they'd come through together. Were you an but, aging team at that point? Uh, yeah, yeah, fairly, yeah, yeah, fairly. Yeah. Um, and they just decided a couple of them got married, had kids, uh, decided didn't really want to go through a rebuild, which is what we were looking at. So we lost six um, that way. And then the vultures started circling. Obviously, new manager, boys were getting phone calls. Um, I think we ended up keeping four, five of that group. That's mad. um, And then had to rebuild completely from scratch. Um, It's well known that at Melford, we don't have anything like the kind of budgets that other teams have. Um, In fact, last year was the first year we actually... Or anyone that played for the team picked up any kind of um, appearance money um, and expenses, which when you well, that's a credit to yourselves. When you think you're achieving what you achieved last year, and you, you and like you say, your budget's low and stuff like that, compared to there's some teams splashing some money in this league. As well. yeah, 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 yeah. There's the, there's the haves and the have-nots, yeah. and we were very much at the bottom end of the have-nots. Um, so to turn that around, bring in players who hadn't played step five before, some hadn't even played step six before, and give them the opportunity to play at this level, and then to finish in 11th place. Um, and we made the Suffolk Premier Cup um, quarter-final, where we lost to Needham 3-1, and they went on to win the trophy. Yeah. Um, but we gave a good account of ourselves that day. Um, so we know there's quality in there. We, we The whole last season was built on a kind of chip on your shoulder, right, everyone's written us off, we're going to have that siege mentality. And we haven't quite found that just yet this season. But what, it's One it's of the there. things that I always bang on about in non-league football is how, like, how the fans are. The fans are incredible in non-league football, I found. They're, they're not really committed. Did you have that sort of we're going to get relegated grumblings from the fans or were they still fully behind you? Um, I, I think, to be honest, um, the fans were brilliant and because, obviously, we, the, the reserve team management team um, came through and they'd seen us play football and we played a really good brand of football. We were exciting to watch. We won more than we lost. There was a kind of a belief that it was time to change. Yeah. And so they were, they were fully on board and we won our first two games. And any time you do that completely written off um, and you turn around and start winning games, you've got that credit in the bank straight away. Yeah. And so it gave us a foundation to build on. Um, this year it hasn't quite got off to the, the same start. And because of that, it's, it's tougher to 
motivate the fans and, and get the fans really believing in what you're trying to do. Because yeah. mm. you're a small town in your Long Milford, you're not you're not massive. I mean, we're a village. Yeah, or a village. We're, yeah, we're, we're a village, and we're not we're not huge. Um, our attendance is obviously given the location that we've got. You've got Berry up the road. You've got Sudbury. Yeah. Um, just down the road, Ipswich Towns around the corner. Um, you mm-hmm. know, uh, yeah. You've got, <laughs> <laughs> you've got Cornard, who are, are our nearest sort of rivals, and you've got the likes of Wanderers that are a little bit further afield, but you've got Hadley. So we're in a real catchment area where, unless you know Long Melford, I mean, I didn't before I got, got the job. I, did, I didn't know what this place was. I didn't know it existed. Yeah. So what was the, what was the strategy when you came in? Obviously you said... Budgets were in sparse amounts. You had to recruit in quite a substantial way. What was the strategy when you came in? Where were you looking to bring the players in from? So, I mean, anywhere and everywhere. And one of the first things I, I did um, when I came into the club as reserve team manager was reintroduce trial days. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a lot of clubs at Step 5 wouldn't even, we don't do that. We, we know the players who we want and we go and get them because we've got the budgets to go and do that. We don't have that luxury, so we, we reintroduced trial days, and every season we found one, two, three, four little nuggets. I oh, bet you got some absolute we can develop. Turn up oh, of course you do. Of course you do. You get, you get some some proper proper jokers, and they're normally the ones that are talking the most beforehand. Mm, yeah. And then you get them down, and then afterwards it's oh, I had a bad day, or I was carrying a bit of an injury, and you, we've all been there. You've just got this um, picture of Omid the genie and the mean machine, just keep running around in circles, that running everybody. Remember that scene? <laughs> but we we get we, we also get some absolute fantastic fantastic characters and some good players um, we, we, we had the uh, the back cover of the uh, East Anglian Times um, recently announcing that we'd, we'd signed two Zambian boys oh, wow. who, um, who they're, they're at the University of Essex in, in Colchester um, but they're the first Zambians to ever play for Long Melford and we saw a massive spike in our Twitter profile um, from followers and yeah. people sharing and liking um, the announcement I think we got over 20,000 impressions which oh, is, is more than that's, double that's our, great, our yeah. normal average um, so yeah and, and, and I guess me coming from London originally I brought a couple of lads down with me who, who make, the, make the journey for training and for games um, but it's, it's kind of like we're, we're, it's an open door policy doesn't matter. I mean, we're a tiny village in Suffolk. So when when you turn around, we've got Portuguese lads, we've got Brazilian lads, we've got Zambian boys. Last year, we picked up a Romanian centre half who messaged every team in the Prem, and we were the only ones that replied to him. It's crazy. Yeah. He played um, for for Cluj third team in Romania. Yeah, and he, but, but he, he didn't speak very good English. Um, so he, he, his girlfriend was his translator. Yeah. Um, we didn't let him in the dressing room for various reasons. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we kept it. We kept it simple. Um, and uh, yeah, but he turned up, started playing, and I mean, it was it was phenomenal. His first game, we, we, we chucked him on. He's a centre half. We chucked him on with 15 minutes to go as an emergency striker. We were two 0 down. He got a goal and assist, um, and then scored a, a penalty in a penalty shootout that came afterwards. How um, many how many lads like him do you think get overlooked though? Like by people just. As you say, you've got an open door policy where you're happy to have people come and introduce themselves, improve themselves. But you said other clubs, they know the players that they want. Yeah, How I mean, many players fall by the uh, wayside? Without a doubt. I mean, just on, I think it was Thursday, I got a, a message from a, a lad who's actually in Tunisia now. And he's playing professionally in Tunisia, but he wants to come and play in England. And he's looking at semi-pro teams to get himself in the door playing football. He's he's messaging clubs now. And again, he's probably not getting a huge amount of feedback. I've hooked him up with a couple of um, 
Twitter site, uh, Twitter users who, yeah. who, who will help him, hopefully, because financially we can't sort yeah. of do what he needs us to do. Um, but it's, it, yeah, we, we, we're, we're operating on an open door policy. If you're good enough and you're committed to it, we, we've got a, a young Brazilian boy um, lives in, in Stratford, East London, um, and his dad drives him down for training and for games. Um, he came down to watch the under-23s last week just to show support. Yeah, Someone pulled out sick, he ends up um, coming off the bench, making his <laughs> debut, and then Saturday he scored against Berry. Do you so, think that that's yeah. a problem further into the FA though? Because these people are not being seen, and they're having to come to semi-pro. And that's no disrespect on semi-pro level, but like, is there not enough opportunities for them to be seen by academies? Is that? Do you think that's a knock-on that you're seeing? Or um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I think for me, it's, it's a lot of it can be down to the players. Um, if they're not putting the work in to get themselves discovered, if they're not prepared to. To, to jump on a train or jump in a car and travel that little bit further especially if you're based in and around London there's, there's so many clubs that you can just bounce from one to the other without ever really settling anywhere we're, we're not interested in, in sort of mercenaries or, or fly-by-nights you've got to be committed to the yeah. cause it's one of our three key ethos is, is commitment and, and making sure that you understand before you even come through the door this is the minimum requirement yeah. that we expect from you and if you can deliver that then you're halfway there so you um you were in a reserve team. You get the phone call to become the first team manager. It wasn't, it wasn't as simple as that. I had to interview for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interview. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. They, they, they wanted to make sure they did their due diligence. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I made it clear. Well, made it clear. I, I suggested that if it was felt I wasn't good enough to be the first team manager, then why would I be staying to be the reserve yeah, team manager? You've got to back yourself yeah, in at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Equally, I came, I came in prepared, I presented, I, I'd, I'd done my research on our opposition, on what we needed to be doing, what players I wanted to bring in, how I wanted to build a side. It wasn't just a case of turn up and go, right, give me the job or I'm gone. So, so this, is the lead, this is where I'm leading to. It, were there any players in the reserves that you put your, that you thought right, I'm taking them with? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we had a succession plan in in so much as that um, the current under 23s manager, so our under 23s is now the reserves, yeah. um, was my assistant um, when I first took over the okay. reserves. So we've got that succession plan in place. And ev- ev- as soon as I took over the first team, one of the first things I did was took away the the separate WhatsApp groups, yeah. the first team, reserve team, WhatsApp groups, and said we are one team. We have one WhatsApp group. We train together, which we didn't always do previously. Um, we work together. You put your thumb up for Saturday, and then we tell you where you're playing. Yeah, it's not, yeah. oh, I'm only available for first team. Um, and we've had scenarios where lads that have played 300 first team games have turned out for the reserves because that's where they needed to be yeah. that week in terms of fitness or development or whatever. And then lads that have never made their first team debut have come in. In my first season with the reserves, um, Lee and I, my assistant manager at the time, graduated 14 players into the first team. That's incredible. That is really incredible. Some of those was necessity because we didn't have bodies or there was injuries and what have you. But some of those boys are talented and have gone on to play regularly at step five. Some of them are still here. Some have, have gone elsewhere. Nice, nice. Do you find, um, as you say, you you came in and made it all one team and made it very clear to the players that where they're needed is where they'll be. So then there will have been players with a lot of experience, perhaps almost part of the furniture at Long Melford that might have became reserve team players as opposed to first team players. How was that received? Did Um, did they understand or were there a lot of difficult conversations? Initially, everybody was on board. Obviously, once it developed and and, and certain individuals realised that they weren't necessarily going to be part of the first team picture, 
sometimes they went elsewhere yeah. um, but they did so with a handshake and a thank you for everything you've done um, some have, have knuckled down worked hard and, and, and ultimately proved me wrong and got themselves back into the first team picture um, one or two that maybe you'd have written off and thought oh, don't really see them being a part of the, the plans actually surprise you come back do, do things very very differently and then suddenly you go ah no they've still, they've still got something about them and without those boys especially the ones that, that, that did stay who knows what would have happened last year because um, those, those five lads that, that, that did stay formed the core of, of, of that team um, and then we, we kind of built around them um, and that's, that's what enabled us to build the success we watch a lot of non-league football we go around quite a bit we watch teams and stuff like that and one of the things that you can tell the better clubs are the ones that have that one team ethos you, you, it's definitely a thing and I think more and more clubs are realising that and you're starting to see it more and more in non-league football um, so yeah, that's that's. I think that's hats off to you. It looks like it's working. And I mean, it, it, yeah, and, and when you create that mentality, and I think the key thing for us was having the boys training together. So because 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 we had it when the reserve boys went into the first team, they kind of walked into the dressing room. It was sort of head down, don't make eye contact. This is this is the big boy room now. Um, but because we're all training together and we're all bantering and, and everyone's working for the same common goal, when someone comes into the first team now, the only thing they've got to worry about is what their initiation song's going to be. <laughs> they already know everybody. They know who they're playing with. If 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 it's a winger, like some, someone's coming in and they're a winger, we know. Right, give the ball, put the ball on his right foot in front of him because you, you've trained with yeah, him. Yeah. It's not just oh, who's this kid? What does he do? Where do I go? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to be proper singers. Like, yeah, who's got the lungs? If you if you check out our Twitter there's some really bad ones um, and um, it's never quite as good if they're good though is it do you know what I mean no I don't know when someone like comes out and just belts something out of nowhere Mustang Sally yeah like, we, we, we haven't yet had anyone that you sort of go like whoa hang about um, who's, who's the worst come on you've got her out one <laughs> no I can't do that I can't do that what I will say is we do have one player who paid the £50 fine so he wouldn't have to sit. Oh, no. Um, which, I mean, if you, you must be pretty bad if yeah. you're willing to, to, to or drop really good. Yeah, to drop, to yeah drop that could I mean, be. if you're good, you just get over and done with it. We're, we're, we're talking a couple of minutes. 50 quid's a lot to, 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 to not have to do that. What's the oddest initiation song that you've had? Oh, God. Um, we, we had one. I, di- I didn't know the song. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm 42, so I'm a little bit, little bit older. But um, one of the young lads did a song. And I, I thought it was from High School Musical. <laughs> um, and he was he was singing he was dancing he was getting right into it the lads were, were clapping him that was quite interesting mm-hmm. um, because it just sounded like it was from High School Musical and I, <laughs> I couldn't work out how everybody knew it and, and was clapping along and I didn't didn't have a clue um, but you get the you get the, the normal ones you get the, your, your Oasis your, your Backstreet Boys seems to be fairly popular yeah, yeah, yeah I want it that um, way I guarantee that's <laughs> and, any song that you can get others to join in with yeah, is the way to yeah, go yeah. <laughs> I mean what would your song be if, I mean you're interviewing me I know but what, what, would, you, what would your oh, go to song be achy breaky heart mate oh, you've heard plenty of times mate, I thought you'd go for the monster match the monster really match, match. The monster yeah, match. Yeah, to be fair we, we used to go to a lot of karaoke shows and stuff like that just for a laugh and um, we'd put fake names down and just go up and sing stupid songs. <laughs> and I think yeah, it, we, we used to think it was just to annoy the guy who was doing the karaoke, but in the end, it just turns out that we were idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play, fair play. I don't know, I'd go... Uh, Katy Perry. Yeah, maybe I'd go, like, Katy Perry. I think Oasis, is it? Anything that someone can join in with, yeah. that's the one. See, I think boys are missing a trick at the moment, because how you're not doing Sweet Caroline... Yeah, it's a good that one. Would be, yeah. That would be my oh, one. Actually, more of a tequila. <laughs> <laughs> not enough people would know it to be able to sing along with it. <laughs> but um, 
So we're gonna we'll, we'll go on and we'll talk about some of your players and stuff like that now. And um, we we do try and get you to go into a little bit of nitty gritty with this. But like, have you got any players that really really stand out to you as like they're talented and will go further? Um, yes, yes, we've got we've got a couple of young lads. Um, we, we we had one playing for us in the reserves um, two years ago. Um, phenomenal talent, he, he, and he literally went from our under 18s and he'd be brought through the under 18s um, into the reserves, into the first team. Lightning quick winger, only small, but had the heart of a lion and big big lads. And he just smashed into them, Love and that. he played football like a hundred miles an hour. Very raw, but potential and confidence yeah. like you would not believe um, he suffered a double leg break um, oh. in a reserve team game up at Cornard complete accident wasn't even a foul um, it was just he went in for a tackle with a, a lad that was 16 17 stone the two sort of collide he's leapt up straight away following the challenge to so be like right yeah go on come again and he just he's, his legs just collapsed yeah. underneath him and spent several hours on the floor um, waiting oh, for an recovering, right? he's recovering he's had surgeries he's having another bout of surgery to remove the pins He's done a bit of training. He's he's had a few minutes in the reserves, but it's it's now getting him back to that level that he was at before. Yeah. One thing we'd love to get him on the podcast because we were talking injuries are something that really interests me because injuries of they play me. It's just this thing. That's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's that mentality of getting back up, and I'd really like to yeah. like get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were talking to somebody in our last podcast. Uh, we'll release that episode soon, and they were saying that like. It basically ruined their career, didn't it? Their injury. They could still carry on playing football, but they could never play to the standard they were at before. Yeah, but then there's also a lot of that is obviously dependent on rehab as well. Mm -hmm. You're obviously going to be having him back for a few minutes, few training sessions, but how do you, as a sort, as a non-league team, obviously you've only got the boys for a certain amount of time anyway. How do you manage? like a rehab process for, for one of your players? I mean, it, it's difficult. It's difficult because you, you don't have the resources fundamentally. I mean, we have a, a physio, but he's here on game days and, and, and the occasional training session, but he's, he's not paid. Um, we don't have the luxury of, of doing that. So it's very much guided by um, the professional physios and doctors, etc., and the advice that they give him and the player themselves because obviously he has yeah. to balance coming to training, working, yeah. college at the time and, and things like that. And... and to, to go back to your original question, we have uh, two sort of older lads um, in the first team who have both played at higher levels and because of family commitments and work commitments and what have you, I have no doubt both of them could play at step three yeah. tomorrow. Um, and if they wanted to, could, could go down that path. But when you've got kids and you've got um, Colville away on a, on a Tuesday night and then yeah. work the next morning... You've got to balance that yeah. versus. Yeah. Have, have you got any village players that play for you because they're from Melford? Because I, they, you see that quite a lot. I know of one in particular, um, phenomenal player, easily step free, easily, um, but just wants to play for his own town, and I think that's brilliant. Right. So our vice captain, uh, Jake Jackson, yeah. lives literally on the road that you drove down before you enter into the, the, the car park. Oh, Louis um, chunks some rubbish out of the car into his garden. He's always late for training, always late for games, but he's absolutely mustered. And again, he could play at a high level, I have no doubt whatsoever, um, but I can't see him ever turning out for any, anyone other than Melford. Because, Melford, because yeah. it's on his doorstep and he's, he's grown up here. I've got so much respect for that, man. It'd be like watching an ex-partner go out <laughs> with someone else and then watching him play with someone else. <laughs> but, but he was he was one of those again like last year at the start before pre-season um, he was very much like I don't know because obviously he'd seen a lot of his mates go 
um, either to play somewhere else or just to stop playing. Um, and he was like, and we didn't have a very good pre-season, to be completely honest with you. I think we didn't win a pre-season game until our last uh, pre-season friendly here. And even then we were 2-0 down at half time and I sort of had to give him the hairdryer kind of thing. Um, but he stayed, the skipper stayed, um, a few left and then realised that actually they, they shouldn't have left yeah. and, and came back, um, which was a massive sort of testament to the work that we were putting in um, sort of behind the scenes, but the coaching staff as well and the boys on the pitch. Um, because again, like again, we took a couple of lads that had never kicked a ball at step five um, and had played step six, step seven, yeah. brought them in. And there's, there's two lads that both started over 30 games last year, um, which is and good players, just never had the opportunity anywhere yeah. else. So and you alluded to the hairdryer treatment. What's your management style? <laughs> um, so I, I've mellowed a lot with age. Um, I was very, I was very angry um, in, in my younger years, <laughs> shall we say? Um, sort of frustrated manager turned player. Um, yeah. I wasn't a very good player, bang average, to be completely honest with you. Never really had the knee injury that that, that ripped off my career. I just yeah. wasn't good enough. Um, and I guess when I came into Melford, it's very much. I'm, a, I'm an arm around the shoulder um, and I'll pull out the stick if I need to um, but I need boys to trust me yeah. and similarly I'll, I'll trust them um, and if you mess up I'm like, we'll learn from it and we'll, we'll, we'll come back stronger but if you continue to mess up then we're going to have to make changes yeah. and that's but I've always been honest with people I've always been I like to think I've always been fair um, and as long as you do that boys respect that and they know where they stand with yeah. you um, and I think, yeah, I, I, you can't put the hairdryer on every time because you, you just it becomes less and less effective every time. So you save that for special occasions when you really <laughs> need to, um, and then you put them on blast, and suddenly everyone's like, "Oh shit, yeah, I still got that 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 temper." Um, but equally, like you've got you've got to trust the boys to go out and do what they need to do on the pitch. The hairdryer thing is definitely a thing. Like if you keep doing it, I, I remember playing. These are like my last couple of seasons of playing. So this is probably about five or six years ago now. <laughs> Probably five, yeah. six stone ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the manager used to come in and it was the same team talk every half. We were a shit team as well. But he'd absolutely levy you for about 15 minutes. And then I just thought, fuck this. And I got my phone out and started recording it. <laughs> yeah. That's a big fine. Yeah. Not yeah. To, yeah. That was me. That was my last game. That was my last game. My manager was like, you're not taking this seriously. I was like, not really. No. Well, that's, yeah, that, that, we, we wouldn't stand for that. But again, like we've got a dressing room that very much self-regulates. So we have fines masters that take care of all of the sort of the, the, the paperwork and people turn up late. You get couple of quid in the pot for things like that um so I, I like to try and let the dressing room run itself yeah. and a lot, a lot of times i'll go in at half time and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of talk for four or five minutes yeah. and just get a couple of key points across and then step aside and let the boys sort the rest out for themselves yeah. and when you're winning it's brilliant because everyone thinks you're a genius when you're not it's sort of like mm, okay well why are you out here when you should be in there sorting that out so there's no there's no exact science unless you're carlo ancelotti or, so what's your captain like Aggressive. Uh, Jacob Brown is unreal. Um, he's he's played at higher levels. Um, he's he's an absolute beast of a midfielder. Probably one of the top midfielders at this level, certainly yeah. in this league. Um, all action, box to box. Um, great in the air. Good feet. An absolute engine. Won't stop. Won't stop working. Won't stop running. Sets the tone yeah. for the team. Um, and and the boys look up and respect him because of what he's done in the past. And I mean, 
to be quite honest, we're, we're, we're fortunate to have him. Every pre-season, you've got clubs at higher levels, Stone Market just up the road, or, or they've got him on speed dial. And they're always offering more money and, and, and opportunity to play at a higher level. But Jacob lives around the corner. He's got four kids now, I think. Maybe maybe more. I'm not sure. Might have had another one since the last time I saw him. Um, but he's, 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 a, he's local-ish. He lives in Glemsford. Um, he's a Melford boy. Um, and obviously the fact that we're on his doorstep allows him to squeeze in work, make, yeah. make a bit of money, then come and play football if he's travelling here, there and everywhere yeah. we're the step three or step four side he doesn't have that luxury so we're very very fortunate to have him but he sets the tone in the dressing room and on the pitch you said that there's there's obviously clubs at, at higher levels even at, at, at the same step as well that can offer more money and they can offer some quite substantial amounts of money to players to, yeah. to recruit them um, you've said that obviously you've had to go for players here there and everywhere bring a lot of players up from a few steps below do you find that you almost get more of a commitment from the players that you've trusted and brought through because they're not they're not here because they're money motivated they're here because yeah. they want to play football yeah 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 and I think an interesting example of that was obviously last year um, we, we lost a, a, a lads pre-season um, where I mean he was offered a phenomenal amount of money and a signing bonus to go and play for a side in the same league as us. Um, and you just can't compete with that. I mean, I, there's never been some, anything like a signing bonus for as long as I've been here. Yeah. Um, and I certainly don't imagine there was before. But when you've got young lads, and he, he just bought a house, he's, he's paying his mortgage, and someone's offered him a, a, a decent sum of money just to come and sign for them, then they're going to give him upwards of 200 quid a game yeah, um, to go and play. I said to him, mate, go, you'd be crazy not to. Um, Obviously, things didn't quite work out over there. Um, they ended up being relegated. Um, and subsequently, I think it was nine or ten games in, he, he picked up the phone. He was like, Gaffer, is there an opportunity to come back? I think like, there's a lot to be said for a club that realises that they can't compete with them. Big, because one of the things that I've noticed, I mean, I've been watching non-league now for like probably the best part of 15 years. And there are clubs that go, oh, do you know what? We'll compete with the big boys this year. And then they cripple themselves. You see, you see it regularly, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, 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 we absolutely can't do that. We're, we, we've got to be self-sustainable. Um, and, and ultimately, like you can still, they can still only put 11 players on the pitch. Like Chelsea, they can have all the players in the world. They can still only put 11 against 11. And if our mentality is right, I'll back my lads to yeah. go out and fight two for now against anyone and everyone. And it is mentality, isn't it? I mean, you could pay a substantial amount of money for a player that's going to turn up every week and be overly committed and really do their best for the team and the community as a whole. But equally, you could pay a substantial amount of money for someone that could play two steps, three steps higher. So they're not really that bothered about they're it. They're just, just here to get a payday. And we, we, we had it, in, in again, in pre-season. Um, we were offered a couple of players and would you be interested in this one would you be interested in that one and they've played for like seven, eight, nine different clubs in the last four years and you're sort of like what would you want to we don't want to be bringing that kind of personality into the dressing room especially when we work so hard to build a dressing room that's team thirst all about putting a shift in and, and, and that's the minimum requirement to then blow that up and, and, and bring someone in who I mean A we probably couldn't afford in the first place but B if we did mortgage the farm to bring them in, what, what effect does that have on the rest of the dressing yeah. room? It's turning yeah. and go, well, you're, you're worth a £10 expenses um, for playing, but matey boy over there is on 200, 300 quid. Yeah, it's, 
I think the other thing as well, <clears throat> I've noticed this is like with my involvement with non-league before, you can also bring in people that are overhyped and they sit there and think they're at a level when actually they're not. I remember one particular player coming in on loan and um, it obviously what happens in the change room stays in the change room but he got a sharp tongue and a little bit more from the captain because he gobbed off at the captain and he, he ended up going back to where he came, came in on loan from and then you ain't seen him since so he wasn't ever going to be he wasn't the big deal that he made out he was but he came in with that attitude that he was a big deal yeah yeah, and, yeah. And it, it happens I mean we're, we're, we're talking to, to, to Berry Town about potentially bringing in a couple of lads on, on loan to, to help them and, and help us after our, our start to the season and attitude is worth more than ability yeah. g- g- you give me someone with the right attitude and we again going back to my first season at the club pre-season we had players coming from all over I had a, I had a lad coming down from London that had played for me on, on, on Sundays phenomenally talented how he wasn't playing at a higher level based on his ability um, was completely beyond me attitude absolutely sucked yeah. four weeks into pre-season we do the cut list every every Monday morning. So right, right, these are the lads that are leaving the group. Um, all the best, off you go. He was he was cut, and were, I could almost feel the collective. Yeah, he's gone. And I was like, let this be clear. Yeah, attitude over ability any day of the week. Yeah. It, it puts a marker down, doesn't it, of what you expect from the ones that remain there. Yeah. Um, See, so you've said. You've got a sort of core group, a core sort of nucleus of, of players that have that attitude, that have bought into what you want them to buy into. How important is keeping that nucleus as you go further I mean, through? It, it, of course it's important, um, and but you'll see natural ebb and flow. Players will, will, will move on or just stop playing or, or commitments away from the game will, will, will take them away from that. But that's where sort of our coaching is so important. And I'm really, really fortunate in that We've got a coaching team in place um, that our training levels, I mean, the quality of training that we're doing week in, week out is higher than it's ever been at this football club. And that's no disrespect to the guys that have come before, but we've got two UEFA B qualified coaches who just want to coach. So they're putting on some fabulous sessions. We're making boys better players um, instead of just having them turn up, train, play football. and there's a, there's a few teething problems. I think that's kind of what part of the issue with why we're struggling at the start of this season because we've tried to implement a, a better style of play instead of just winning games, surviving, and, and hoping to nick something on the break. And with that, you, you get your, your teething problems. Um, but the, the coaching staff, the entire backroom staff, and, mm. and, and the volunteers and everyone at the club is, is the real foundation of what this, this football club's built on um, because players will come and go. And even that core nucleus... If, if one of them suffers a horrific injury and is out for the season, like we'll support them, of course we will, but it's a case of who's the next man up. And yeah. that's the mentality that we've created in the entire club. Is It doesn't matter if you play one game or you've played 301 games, it's, you've got to be prepared to do the shift that's yeah. needed of you when, when the call comes in. Definitely. So in this league, there's a lot of rivalries, and you've said yourself, you're right in the centre of everything. Who's your big rival? Because you've got AFC Subway down the road, you know, you've got Hadley not far away as well. Who's your who's the corner game as well? Yeah, yeah corner. Yeah. So who's I mean, the game you wait for? I think I think interesting. So when when I came on board, and obviously not being from from Suffolk, not not being from Melford, um, I didn't really know. Um, but I was told day one we hate Cornard, yeah. and you sort of go, okay, fair enough, Cornard hate us. But actually, 
I've been over there for games and got on fairly well. It was probably quite contentious. Got on fairly well with people over there. Always been polite, always been sort of civilised and we'll have a beer after the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but equally, like, I think prior to, 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 to certainly me being here, it felt like there was a bit of a disconnect with the likes of Berrytown and Sudbury, who have always been higher leagues than us, um, but we never really had a, a, a good rapport with them. It, it would make sense to have a rapport with clubs like that as well. I mean, yeah. we, we worked really hard over the last few years um, to, to get to the point where we had Berrytown over here pre-season. Cole yeah. Skews brought a side over and played us in pre-season. We had Brightling C come over and bring a side over. Um, we played Felix Dolan Walton um, and, and, of course, Sudbury. Um, so we've worked really hard to develop these relationships where we can potentially hopefully send players to, to, to them and improve them and get them playing higher up the system. But equally, they can we can tap into that relationship and benefit from it coming this way as well. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to sort of see the fruits of, of, of that labour. Um, Equal, I mean, equally, don't get me wrong, if we progressed in, in, in one of the Cups, let's take the, the, the Suffolk Premier Cup, for example, um, we had a great game against Needham. I'd love to get Barry over here um, in, 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 the, in the league, uh, sorry, in the Cup. Um, if we beat Holland, um, I think we've got, it might be Barry in the next round. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there, there, there's those games that you, you look forward to. Needham away was fantastic. And I, I think we kind of went there and it was a bit like oh, bright lights, big big team, um, but gave a good account of ourselves. Um, ultimately, we came away losing the game, but knowing that next time we go there, we can potentially hold our own. Barry came here. I mean, we, we beat Brightling C in preseason. I know it's only preseason. It doesn't matter. But yeah. they were step three last year, yeah. um, and they they came over. They weren't full strength, but they came over here with a strong side, like household not household names, but names that you'd recognise for playing for them or playing for other teams at step three and step four. And we actually, we, we were fantastic that day yeah. and, and, and well-deserved our win. You say with the, this season, you're trying to implement a new sort of style of play and you're very much focused on developing players and trying to push them as far up the steps as, as, as you can. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you go about doing it with the limited amount of time you've got with the boys? Like, so, that's the chair, by the way. That's the chair, no <laughs> <laughs> So we, we, we've increased the amount of training that we've been doing. Yeah. Um, so we, we're currently training twice a week whilst we have the light and the facilities. Yeah. Um, obviously, once the weather turns, we'll, we'll train once a week up at Sudbury on their 3G. Um, but So we've been doing more training. We, we did more in pre-season with them. So we had a bit of a longer pre-season. Um, we've, we've been quite fortunate that the, the sponsorship of the stadium um, naming rights allowed us to upgrade our VO package. So we now have the analytics program that you get with VO. Um, we also invested in GPS trackers. So we're taking a data-led approach as mm-hmm. well. Um, so you and know if the captain's still in the pub at Friday night. They only have to wear them on game days. Um, but it's the, the insight that you get is so valuable. And again, having the, the coaching team that are actually analysing, my system managers are analysing Saturday's footage as we're sat here talking yeah. now um, and we'll take learning points from that after our FA Cup tie we, we literally we had a training session and then one by one we bring boys in here go through some clips here's what we did well here's what we didn't do particularly well here's the GPS data that marries up with that and uh, we've actually got a Sabutio set up as well and we'll actually use that to act, um, showcase what we need to be doing yeah. in certain scenarios and developing players because one of the things were, for, for us was last season obviously we, we had a relatively successful season we, we, we punched above our weight without a shadow of a doubt but for me 
if we're not improving players what are we doing yeah. we're, just, yeah. we're just custodians of a team that are trying not to be relegated every year You've, yeah there's got to be that change isn't there in mentality and like that's what you're trying to implement I suppose um, so you've got the GPS stuff and stuff like that have you got any players that you've had to go sort yourself out mate no no uh, quite the opposite of anything hard. yeah yeah I don't I think and this this is hopefully one of the benefits of it is you see them putting more effort in because they don't want to be the lowest yeah. rung on the ladder or they're trying to be the quickest or they're trying to get the most amount of, uh, of miles in on a game well no the interesting thing is as coaches we can see all the data yeah. but as players they can only see their data okay, they so can't see anyone else's so we don't just there's never the in. fear of getting dug out in front of everyone else no, it's, no, it's no. very we, much we, individual we, we, we wouldn't do that times have changed mate yeah. I'll be digging everyone out <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and, and you're probably not wrong and I think times have changed and I think sometimes I, I would and I, I said this yesterday players can be a little bit more sensitive than, than certainly we were when we were playing yeah. the gaffer like came for you you had to take it yeah. and you came back next week and worked doubly hard to, to make sure you proved him wrong now it's a bit more well, you can't really do that or well, that one's going to be a bit like oh can someone go and put their arm around the shoulder yeah. and it's but that's like, where the band management comes into yeah, it isn't yeah, it and, yeah, and, yeah. and I think the game has progressed to the point where we don't just say right man up get on yeah, with it yeah. it's, and, and I mean that's, that's that's a good thing that's yeah, yeah. This, oh, I'm, yeah. We're, we're sorry to cut you off there but we're massive advocates of mental health yeah. Um, yeah. during Covid I actually did my mental health first aid certificate um, and that wasn't just lip service to mental health it's, it matters to me yeah. I lost someone close to me uh, who took their own life and it makes you realise the importance of it. And as the custodian of the team, as the manager, I'm not just 90 minutes on a Saturday and a couple of training sessions in the week. You have to be a relationship guidance counsellor. You have to be a financial advisor. You have to be an uncle, a best friend, a cousin, you, a dad sometimes um, to some of the younger lads. You have to be able to be all of those things I, I as think, well as trying to win football games. I, yeah. I, I was a youth team coach for quite a long time. And I think you... I think it gets forgotten that, that that skill that you learn as a youth team coach has to be carried on into the men's game because I think for so long that you were all of those things to them kids you were a role model and then I think I think football the FA forgot that that was what needed at the top level as well yeah. and I, I know they're doing what they can to rectify that now but I definitely think that, that that's what, that was missing I think they got to a point with the men's game as well where you're so preoccupied with looking weak in front of yeah a dressing room and those around you that you overcompensate by in some cases digging people out overly being aggressive or maybe taking jokes a bit too far and you you do forget those skills that you learn when you first start within within your coaching career But equally, I mean, the, the the world's moved on. Like you've got things like social media and, and and mobile phones, and people are recording stuff. And like, but also like WhatsApp groups. And uh, over in in my time here, I've had three or four times I've had to remind grown men you can't put that in the WhatsApp group because we've got a seventeen year old lad in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you've done there is actually sent something that's completely harmless banter, um, but seen by the wrong person. Yeah, it could is, is construed as something really, really quite inappropriate and borderline illegal. Yeah. I think people overlook that as well. With, um, with football, you are going to have lads who are 16, 17, that are very good players and they deserve to be in and around the first team. But obviously, what comes with that is a huge safeguarding responsibility. Oh, and it's massive, and it's massive. And I think we, we, we take for granted because we've got, we're, we're all just footballers. We're, we're, we're here to play football. But, and, and I have to go to a, a lad, if we've got 
17-year-old kid in the first team, go, right, just so you know, on Saturday, there is a provision for you to get changed separately from the, the rest of the team if that's what you want to do. 99 times out of 100, whether they want to or not, they're going to go, no, it's fine. Like, you don't want to be not in with yeah. the lads. You mm-hmm. want to be in the dressing room. Um, but you have to just remind them that that, that, that that option exists and should they need it, it's there for them. Um, equally, sort of over the last two years, um, we've sort of opened our arms t- to the community. We've got a couple of autistic lads um, who are working with us, one as a volunteer, one as a player. Um, and the, the benefits that they've seen from being part of the, the family at Long Melford and the benefits of that has been phenomenal. Every once in a while, you have to remind yourself of, of their condition and how their emotional mood can be very different on, a, yeah. on, on one day to, to, to how it was previously for something completely unrelated to football. But you can't treat every individual the same because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So you really have to think before you speak, before you act. And it, it puts a lot of pressure on everyone because you can make a flippant throwaway comment and offend everybody or nobody or, or just one person. If you offend one person, it's, it's, it's still a problem. Yeah. And you take the dressing rooms of old where the banter would fly backwards and forwards. Nothing was out of bounds. Nothing was off limits, sometimes wrongly. Um, and, and it's like, I mean, we've come a long way, but maybe like we just need to find the the, 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 the common ground the balance um, but yeah and, and then that, but that's something that I'm really proud of as a club um, the support that we, we give to the community to every player every volunteer every member of staff um, gets treated the same way when we turn up on game days Brian the car park attendant slash security guard slash gate manager um, gets a handshake from everyone and like good to see you yeah. it's just it's, it's the right way to do things these people are the lifeblood of the club mm. I'm, I'm here for a few years maybe as a custodian of the first team but this is their football club yeah, are, there, are there any individuals as you say with, with Brian uh, doing the, the car park and stuff are there any individuals that in your opinion if they were to step down from being involved with Long Melford, the club would be a lot more difficult to manage and run. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I, I heard, um, obviously, on the Sudbury one, um, they referenced Jules Anker, who I know personally, and, and she does a hell of a lot of work for them. Um, and I, I thought about that, because I thought, no doubt, they'll drop that question, yeah, yeah, as yeah. you do. We're predictable, The fact is, because of our circumstances and our situation, there's, there's, there's a list, and, and you sort of go like, okay, well, is there anyone we wouldn't be able to cope without? Yeah, maybe one or two, um, because they're intrinsically important to everything that we do. Um, and that's that's like the, the, the club president and the chairman, the secretary. Um, but this club is built on the foundation of, of, of every individual that puts time and effort into it, because whether it's an hour here, an hour there, it all matters yeah. and without that individual someone else has to do another shift someone else has to do something else um, and there's so many unsung heroes so I think to name one or two or five would be doing a disservice to the, the, the hundred the, it's like the, talking the, to Ted Lasso isn't it <laughs> <laughs> but you're right though like at any I'm going to take that as a compliment <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love Ted Lasso. Yeah. <laughs> at, at any level of football whether it is kids grassroots football all the way up to the professional game there are people that put so much time and effort into things that you don't necessarily see on the pitch but if you didn't have it 
But the one of the things that happened, it wouldn't go ahead. Hundred percent. One of the things that always used to make me laugh was nobody ever used to talk about the lady that used to make the sandwiches for the boardroom and stuff like that. And I think there's people like that around the club that people just completely forget about. Mm. So yeah, and in non-league especially, it's like so important that yeah. you've got them people. We, we we have it. I mean, so our chairman's currently in hospital. Um, he had surgery last week, um, and on on Tuesday we weren't sure. And it's not life-threatening, but fairly serious yeah. nonetheless. Um, we weren't sure what was going to happen if he was going to need more surgery, etc., etc. His main priority was making sure his wife was available to be down here on Saturday to run the gate for us, yeah. and she was. And you go like, well, he's having life-changing surgery potentially, and all, all he's thinking is, right, must sort out the gate, must sort out the money, must make sure this is done. And, I mean, that's, that's incredible. But shout out, shout out to the managers as well, because, and this isn't me blowing my own trumpet, but managers at this level, and I was talking to the, the Walsham managers yesterday, they're doing the kits, they're, they're, they're chasing up players, they're sorting out fines and, and disciplinary stuff, um, they're organising training, they're taking training, they're picking lads up to get them to games, they're dropping them home after training, after games, they're washing the kit again because you're back out on Wednesday. It's, it's a full-time job yeah. with no benefits, no perks, no, no bonuses, other than if you win a game of football, you've got great players who have won the game for you and if you lose you're a shit manager yeah. um, so it is very much you're so vulnerable as a manager in your, like, it's just it's like you said yourself you know you've had a bad start to the season at what point do you start thinking I might be in a bit of bother here do you know what I mean like it's not you know it's not like your players are getting sacked do you know what I mean no no yeah. no uh, but I mean we had an honest conversation after yesterday's defeat and I sort of said like boys like the heat's on all of us because yeah. that's not Get it twisted. If 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 the management team goes and a new manager comes in, gonna he's going to want to bring his own yeah, players. Yeah, he's going to want to do things his own way, and that will affect some of you guys. Some of you may be able to go somewhere else and pick up a pound note um, for, for for playing football, but for, for others, it, it may not be here. And that's that's the reality of the situation that we find ourselves in. So we spoke about the players a lot. We spoke about your styles. We spoke about the chairman and get well soon. By the way, um, fans, come on. Have you got any characters? Oh, we've got some absolutely great characters um, and like, we, we, we've got a small following but they're, they're so dedicated and they've followed us through thick and thin um, and, and there's some great great characters one of my favourites um, Spitfire John um, <laughs> just the name uh, stop there stop there <laughs> we don't need anything else Spitfire John what a lad <laughs> um, he, 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 he flies planes um, that, that's, he's, 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 when he's not in the air he's, he's at Melford Games and he comes through thick and thin I mean you can hear him behind the dugout and he'll, he'll come all the way round to tell us how shit we are <laughs> we need to pull our fingers out or make that make a change get 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 him off and get him on um i mean our, our, our president is home and away every game he's yeah. he's with us and his wife um and they're both getting up there in in years but the commitment levels that they show to the club and the work they do behind the scenes we'd, we'd really struggle to run the club the way we do without those guys um but very opinionated and i will probably speak to Richard maybe we'll probably have two or three phone calls a week um, and I probably get two or three emails a day yeah um, so that, but that's the level of investment that he's got yeah, in the football club though, like, he wants us to be successful but he's very forthcoming he writes the match reports and he doesn't hold back if, if, if we've been dog shit he tells it how it is and then I get a separate email going I'm sorry but I, that's how I feel and that's what I'm going to say yeah. and I fully respect that yeah. and that's it's, again it's his football club um, so we we, we 
we've got a lot of people that that, that are important. But um, in going back to the fans, um, Kev, John, I mean, there's, there's so many Andy, and I mean Andy comes to games, but he also do our Twitter updates and, and does our media now. He's the, the website manager. Um, we've got young Will. I don't know if you've seen Mr. Footy. No, um, yeah. No. So he does our match day interviews. Um, so he'll come and. Oh yes, I have. Yeah. Yes, I have seen him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does Milford meets with all of the players. Yeah. Um, now Will's Will plays for under thirteens. Um, absolute character. He's an Ipswich Town uh, season ticket holder. He hasn't been to a game yet this season because he's with Melford when we're playing. Um, and he feels every loss. Um, he's jubilant with every victory. Wow. We give him, he gets more access than anyone else. So when we're doing the post game huddles, he's in there with his uh, with GoPro. Um, the players absolutely love him. Yeah. Um, and he's, but, but he's the future of this club because he'll play for us. Um, I have no doubt he'll probably go on to manage and potentially be a chairman of the future as well. And also, if someone's got that level of interest in social media and they're willing to do that, like social media, media is a huge thing. You've seen clubs like Hashtag, you've seen like the new ones coming up, Kings Park Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're building that social media. So, if you, and there is money in social media. Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? And, but, but the energy that he brings is, is, is unrivaled and you, you, I mean you could go back on social media to the start of when he first began doing it and it was a, it was a bit clunky it was yeah. a bit amateurish oh, we, but we now <laughs> but now he's got his notes on his phone he's done his research he'll turn up and he'll go right well this, this game last year ended that scoreline and this one scored do we think we can get more out of it and he's he's really like the players now really sort of resonate with him then right well how are you doing and he get before a game they go right one that one and that one and they'll go over and they'll do their interviews and it's phenomenal that's amazing I mean with the way sports media is going as well I mean you know, boy, boy, boy's got a bright I did contemplate getting him involved, but then I thought it would be a bit. I don't like swearing in front of him unless, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. unless I have to. Um, but no, he, he's, he's definitely one. And I think as as fans go, um, he's so much more than a fan. I, I remember we, we gave him one of the warm up tops so that when he comes to games, he's recognised as part of the team. Um, and if he, when we've been able to get away with it in pre season, he's been in a dugout with a team. Obviously, league games you can't do that. Yeah. But um, he's been great to have a and it just shows that the investment isn't just at the upper end in terms of age yeah. this is a young man who's giving up his time and efforts he was down there filming gifts in pre like filming stuff to create gifts for the players for goal celebrations was it, what, what was he called himself online? Uh, Mr Footy Mr Footy give him a follow anyone that listens alright love that thank you yeah yeah definitely I mean I suppose the last thing is what what do you see happening for Long Melford this season and beyond? What, what are your predictions? What are your hopes? Um, I mean, our hopes... Stay in a job. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, 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 no definitely. Like, let's, not, let's not kid ourselves. Um, I, I, I want to be here. Um, this is, this, it's a family club and the way they've taken me in and made me feel like part of the club and part of what we're, we're trying to achieve here. Um, I think if you'd have asked me at the start of the season... We had lofty ambitions. This club's never finished higher than eighth in this league. Yeah. And obviously having finished eleventh last year, the ambition was can we go on and improve on that? Can we can we do something that's never been done and actually etch our names in history? That was my goal at the start of the season. Obviously the season hasn't quite started the way we'd, we'd expect it to, but I'm also reminded that Ipswich Wanderers didn't win 
in, for their first five no. games last year and season didn't work out too badly for them. Yeah. It's early um, days as well. It's a long season at this level as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of football to be played. I believe in the players that we've got. I believe that what we're trying to do from a coaching perspective and how we want to play is the right way to do things. Um, we're prepared to take the knocks of, of the teething problems as we're going through that, but we'll get to a point where we turn that corner, we'll start picking up the results, and then we'll start moving up the league. And I mean, it's, I'm not one for predictions. We'll, 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 we'll give 100% every time we cross that white line. We'll pick up points where we, we need to pick up points, and then we'll look to build on that. It's all about building the foundations for me, and I think if, we, if we're not achieving that eighth place or above this year, then let's make damn sure we're doing it next year. Because I want, I want to make history here. Brilliant, brilliant. Cheers, mate. Yeah, thank you so much. Really Appreciate you coming down. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Norm Melford, thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you.